This is Sage Talking. If your brain is ready to soak up some natural, informative, and no BS knowledge, then you're in the right place. Join me in talks about nature, people, health, sustainable businesses, and everything in between. You won't miss out on the occasional politics and interviews with ecopreneurs either. P.S. I want to know what you want to know. So send in questions or topic requests on my IG at thrive underscore by nature. Hey, and thank you for being here. Can you hear birds in the background? I don't know. I hope you can. This would be so cool if it's in this recording. Okay, anyway. Um, today's episode, if you read the episode caption details, you know what this is about. If not, then I'll give you a quick overview. So I kind of want to talk about um, like why is it why it's really hard for us to change habits even if we know that um, some things we do are really bad um, for other people animals the environment things like that why we kind of often get defensive or maybe even angry or feel really uncomfortable if someone challenges us in our opinion or tries to show us different ways or different um, different things on the horizon. So this is generally what this is going to be about. So stick around if you're interested and maybe even if you're not. <laughs> okay, so what I was thinking about is just I think it's really interesting to see in myself um, but also in other people if you talk about different things and if for example I can be a person if someone tells me something something that I maybe don't want to hear, that I maybe know deep down that is true, but that kind of challenges me in some way, like telling me, I don't know, Stella, I often see that you do this and this, or something really small, like, yeah, I, I see that, like, have you noticed that you're doing that? And then I can be the person who is like, what are you talking about? I don't do that. Like, leave me alone. And then slam the door. Not always, but in things that like, um, for some reason, just strike a nerve. On the other hand, I can be very calm and say, okay, this is interesting. I can think about it. Maybe I even deep down, I already know what they're talking about. But either I don't feel the need to change it. I don't want to change it. Or I'm just like confident enough in this one particular thing that I say, you know what, this is okay, but if you don't like it, this is your deal. Now, of course, um, because of what this podcast is, I want to talk about this aspect of things like people, environmental or animal rights activists, um, showing, for example, another person a video of animals being slaughtered, things like that, and then tell them the facts of the industry very calmly, factually, and say, okay, after you've seen all of this, do you think you will consider to stop eating meat, um, to stop eating dairy, to not support this industry, or someone saying, okay, all you have to do to be a big help in solving this problem is not buy a plastic bottle or a soda can, or a soda ever again in your life because cola and pepsi are some of the world's biggest polluters officially and then people say okay i see this this is horrible i didn't know that but no i'm not going to change anything like why is that and 
what can help us change our habits and what is kind of what goes through people's minds or what are these patterns that people tend to go through when they learn new information about the environmental crisis, about animal cruelty, about inhumane things that are going on all over the world. And I think for that, it's really great to look at like the five stages of change and the five stages of grief model to explain that a little better and to put it into like um, a concept that is already there. Now the five stages of grief are first denial, then anger, then bargaining, then depression, then acceptance. Now, the first one, denial, could kind of be if you say, okay, the environmental destruction as a topic, denial is like pretending it doesn't exist. It's like, no, this this is not true. I mean, someone would have told us about this we would have learned it in school we would all be preparing right now for i don't know the apocalypse this is not true then anger is like you're you're maybe angry like at the entire world maybe realization is sinking in you don't have enough ideas and ways to like get your brain to think that this is not true, like being really angry and um, just being like, this this can't be true. This is not true what you're telling me. Leave me alone with this. Like, don't annoy me. Don't try to put these awful thoughts into my head. And then like bargaining is like, okay, but um, we we can do something about it. Like, can't we do something about it right now? Like, maybe it's... It's still not true. Maybe someone would have told us about it. I mean, someone will do something about it. I'm sure it's not as bad as you say. And then depression, like it sinks in. This is true. And oh my God, how horrible. This is so horrible. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, What if this is going to end so badly? And then acceptance. Where you say, okay, I accept it. I can move on. And I can kind of think about it in a clearer manner. I can maybe be a little more objective about it. They say, okay, this is, these are the facts. Someone has told me this and I know enough about it. Maybe even looking for solutions. Now with the stages of change, again, relating it to like the topic of environmental destruction or something. And then um, saying, changing our behaviors in a way so that we can live more sustainable to kind of help the environment help out nature make our impact impact less the stages of change would be first the pre-contemplation stage second the contemplation stage third the preparation stage and fourth the action stage and fifth the maintenance stage now in this stage in these stages where we would have to change our habits it would be kind of like the first stage pre-contemplation it this stage says it's not that we cannot see the solution in this stage it's that we cannot see the problem so it's kind of somebody tells you we all have to change our habits because the environment we're doing bad things and it doesn't work anymore and this is going to end really badly for us so we have to change your habits. And then the pre-contemplation stage is kind of okay. You cannot even see the problem. 
yet. So you're not even looking for a solution or trying, like you're not buying it. And then the contemplation stage is like kind of acknowledging that there is a problem and beginning to think like maybe I could do something, but you're not really there yet. Like, you know your destination and even how to get there, but you're not ready to go there quite yet. You're not ready to do something. Then the preparation stage. You're starting to plan to take action. You're making some final adjustments. Like you might still need a little convincing, like changing different things, maybe going vegan, um, trying, saying, okay, maybe I could produce less trash, but you're not quite there yet. Then comes the action stage. It's where you modify your behavior and your surroundings. You say, okay, do I, you look maybe at your things at home and you say, do you need this and this? Could, could I replace all of my liquid like bottles and like shampoo, conditioner, body wash? Um, could I use soap for it? Um, you're, you maybe get yourself a compost you're the next time when you go shopping you don't buy you only buy half of the animal products that you would things like that you're taking action then the maintenance stage is you kind of go away from the action stage and now it all has to be kind of buckled in it has to you have to maintain it and in order to not relapse you can't stick with the action stage it has to become a habit it has to become ingrained in your daily life and it has to be like so important to you you see okay i'm only producing half the trash now and i have my habits i have new things that i buy instead of the other things that i used to buy and i ha kind of have a routine i've got it down and i see i'm doing something good i see it's working i've changed things around then you're maintaining that and i think that using like the five stages of grief and the cha cha uh, stages of change to kind of look at it that way what it is like like forming new habits and realizing new information that for example, I don't know if you've ever been stopped on the street, for example, by a group of environmental activists who maybe want to give you a flyer or show you a video or tell you something and you've stopped and stood there and kind of listened to what they said. What did you what did you feel? Or maybe you've watched like just a video on YouTube about the food or the the meat from like the grocery store and fast food chains what really happens behind the scenes what like was your initial thought or feeling because i think to recognize that in ourselves and then kind of look at this feeling that we had maybe it was like being really angry at first and saying yeah i don't believe this like, I want to have my meat anyway. I don't want to sacrifice anything. Like, I just want to live my life and I'm not actively hurting anybody. Um, which is kind of not a position that we can allow or not allow ourselves. But as soon as we have the ability to change something like that, because I've never, I've never had a soda in my life. 
That is literally, I've never had a soda. We never had something like that at home. So it's not something that I would have had to stop. But for me, it's like, I mean, generally, a soda is nothing anybody needs for their life to drink. So everybody in the entire world could just stop buying sodas. Yet people don't do it because most don't know how bad the plastic, the companies are. And then, but if somebody tells you, okay, this is how bad it is, the um, companies you're supporting and buying it from are the, some of the worst polluters in the entire world, we need to take that power and the money and the support away from them, then you have the responsibility, the moral responsibility to change that. So why do so many people not do that and get angry and defensive? Why is that? And I think a lot of it is explainable. These initial reactions of maybe like denial and anger are explainable with these two models of these five stages of either change or grief, like how these patterns, how you can kind of see these patterns. And some things are, are just like habits. We have active habits and passive habits like passive habits things we do every day things that we don't even notice like how it started i mean if your mother has always bought like the same exact brand of butter and then you buy that same butter when you're older when you go grocery shopping and it's kind of something you're just used to it it's just that brand of butter and that butter is there all the time, every time. It's just a passive habit. You didn't actively pursue that. It was just, it's just like a no-brainer. It's not a question. Yes, this butter, and yes, every time it runs out, getting a new one, not even thinking about it like, do we even want this butter? Should I try another brand? Do I want to buy butter at all? <laughs> Things like that. That's like a passive habit. Then an active habit is kind of saying, I want to change my routine. I want to get up at six o'clock instead of 6 30 every morning so you actively set your timer you maybe say okay i'm going to go to bed a little earlier so that i can kind of have the same amount of sleep things like that you maybe and then you maybe put your put your um alarm clock further away from you in the room because you know if you get up a little earlier you're going to be more tired more inclined to press the snooze button so you make all these preparations and you actively try to change that habit to break that to break like kind of a cycle so there are different kinds of habits next thing that i think plays a big role is kind of these belief systems that we have set up. Belief systems as in something that is deeply ingrained in us, in our lives, maybe even in our society, it's like smoking. Take for, for example, smoking. If you see someone smoking a cigarette, you probably don't think anything by it. It's like, yeah, people smoke. What if somebody comes along and maybe you're a smoker yourself and they say, Okay, like I think it was New Zealand who they, they want to phase out smoking in their country. They don't want cigarettes being produced or bought. They want to phase it out. They say, okay, cigarettes are a huge pollution. They make people sick. 
why should cigarettes exist? They have served no purpose to this world that is positive, only negatives come from it. So we don't want that anymore. But in most people would say, what? Like cigarettes? That's like almost like a right that people have. Why shouldn't we have any cigarettes? So that's, so that's like kind of challenging a whole belief system, like saying like, how can we just stop this, you know, shut down the companies, stop the production of cigarettes, nobody will smoke it anymore, like, that's crazy, but that is just the thing, like, I think that we will have to get very used to if we want to create these big changes, because yes, the fact is, we can't go on anymore like we have been, because it is very destructive, and in the long run, it it will be really very awful and horrible for us because it already is in several parts of the world. Now, we could get into this into so much more detail, but I think the thing we have to get used to is that these systems that we live in, the societies, it is just man-made. Societies have changed, systems have changed. I mean, in in the history of our world over and over again the egyptians the romans the middle ages revolutions um monarchy to democracy and things like that you just start over you say okay this system doesn't serve us anymore it is old and it was good for another time um it's it maybe served a purpose but now we need something new we have recognized that this doesn't serve us anymore, it's destructive for us, and we need to change something about it. And change can be really scary, and especially radical change. But it can also be welcomed with open arms because it is a chance for something new. And how often in history do we look at something and we see, okay, like this was so horrible, this maybe was the worst war in history, but afterwards, after the destruction and breaking it all down, then you can start building it up again into something new, into something better. And you always figure it out. The world will not stop turning because maybe there are some jobs that will not exist in the future anymore. And people get very angry about it. They say about jobs like in mining and uh, in, in the coal industry and um, things like that, power plants, like what are all these workers going to do? Or like, what if we don't do so much construction anymore, but focus on other things like uh, reforestation, working in renewable energies, then there are other jobs. Like for example, in the industrial revolutions, thousands of farmers and other people who worked in the countries, they, they lost their job, there were new machines that where they needed less for example, ranch hands and people who helped them on the fields, and then they got chemical fertilizers, and people, they they couldn't make money in, anymore. They didn't work there anymore, they moved away from the country and had to find new places, so they went to the city, and they worked there, and they had to find new things, new places. There are some jobs that existed if hundred years ago that no one has heard about today, that no one does anymore, because they're just not what we need anymore. So they're new jobs. So if we move to a greener, different type of type of society, we'd have new jobs. There are a lot of jobs 
in in working in nature helping to rebuild nature and i mean honestly like maybe that's just myself but who wouldn't rather be spending their days planting trees and making sure that crop and soil is healthy planting new flowers and other plants to help keep up bi biodiversity than working somewhere in a concrete city and rebuilding streets that often don't even need repair especially in a country like germany where streets and bridges are repaired every few kilometers there because there's construction on streets also for job creation but if we use all that manpower for rebuilding our environment that would be a different way of thinking a different way of acting back to nature more farming renewable energies things like that that that's just a very different way of thinking it would just be a reinvention and that is really what we need and that can be so scary and people get mad about it they get so defensive they say okay like what is this this is dreaming you're naive this is crazy we don't need this but the fact is we need that the undeniable fact is just that at one point or another whether people want to yell about it or de be depressed about it or angry or bargain one way or another we will have to change our systems and societies and the way we interact with nature and the way we live in this world and do things and produce things because as we can see it we are destroying everything we're destroying forests and ecosystems swamps and oceans um, we have wiped out entire species of animals. 90% of all big fish are gone. There are so many animals that are extinct or on a black or red list and have to be protected. And one way or another, we're going to have to change something if we want to continue living and living on this planet. And if we want to have our grandchildren to live here and our grandchildren's children um, we'll just have to change our ways either way. There's no way around that but going through it and changing things radically. And the sooner we do it, the less money, the less manpower. And it, it is already a big chunk of work. And I can't even, I don't know why I, why I put money in there because money is not an important factor. I mean, money means nothing really. I mean, what is money? But in this world, I mean, you're going to have to pay stuff. You're going to have to pay workers for work. They do different things. But even that, for example, uh, when I had um, an interview uh, with Mira Hrovat from Treeslet, and he said that in Tanzania, that people there when when they get all the seedlings and there is a new tree planting an area where they plant new trees and they do it that day and, and the local authorities say okay we're planting trees here please come and they have workers and helpers that they of course they pay because they also do it for a living but other people they just kids don't go to school people volunteer they all come grab the seedlings and put them in the ground to plant new trees because they know how important it is for them for their soil 
for their farming, for their health. And so that is what we all should be doing, taking care of nature and finding different jobs, different occupations um, where we can all help together and rebuild like these systems and just change things about them. And yes, it can be really scary and kind of disorienting 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 (laughs) and um that is so understandable but once if everybody would see the urgency and if everybody had the mindset of like activists and people who who kind of dedicate their lives to help nature who speak about it who try to educate other people if everybody if politicians if big oil industry CEOs of of huge polluting companies, if they had that same fear and this urgency to say like, okay, the world is crumbling down around us, then we obviously wouldn't have that problem because everybody would already be helping together. I mean, then probably every town would have a community compost and everybody would have solar panels and we everybody would be going wherever they can by bike, things like that. And governments would be subsidizing small farmers who are doing sustainable farming and not allowing big companies to do what they do. But that's not the world we live in. So we have to demand that change and drive that change and it's like when you go to the dentist the dentist looks in your mouth and says hey look here buddy you've got a small cavity if you come back in a week relatively low cost you'll come in for half an hour we can do this very quick bing bang boom done no hole you will be good to go and then for some reason i mean the dentist gives you a good option and he says this will be quick low cost, you'll have no pain, you don't even need local anesthesia, um, and the cavity will be gone. But for some reason, you hesitate, you say, ah, I don't know, it's kind of comfortable the way it is now, I don't want to do anything about it. Then the dentist will say, well, you'll have to think about this, because if you come back in six months, the cost will be a lot bigger, you'll maybe have pain by then, noticeable pain, maybe you can chew on that tooth and your cavity will be really big. And that is kind of what we're doing right now. We're just waiting for the cavity to grow and to grow. And even if people say it's too expensive to fix the damages we have done, to uh, invest in more renewable energies, to to change around everything we've been doing till now it's just waiting for the cavity to grow because at the end i mean you can wait for the tooth to fall out if you want (laughs) you can do that but at the end you're going to have to choose if you want to keep your tooth you got to do something about it there's no way around it there's nothing no alternative option no way into buying yourself as a lot of people say, into a sustainable lifestyle, uh, buying uh, reusable cups, even getting a compost bin or never even buying fast fashion anymore, that is not going to save the world. And that is why we need to demand change. And it is so important for all of you who are listening and for for me, for for all of us to stay, to be aware and to have a clear mind, a focused mind, 
like this big goal that we all should collectively have saying okay we want to what we really want is we want to be healthy we don't want pandemics um we want to be able to hug each other when we see our neighbors at the market we want to be able to visit each other we want to be able to go out into nature we want to be able to drink clean water breathe fresh air and we want our grandchildren to have the same thing so we collectively have to work for that and kind of change our mindsets to saying okay this what we have right now it is not worth it no piece of designer clothing no car no amount of money is going to outweigh that never ever because if that is the mindset that is predominant in this world then that is very bad news i don't want to be too gloomy over here but i just want this to be like very raw and honest i'm sure many of you know this because um I would say that people who seek out podcasts like this, Instagram accounts about sustainable living, they already have this mindset. They say, okay, I want to change something. I want to be part of the change. I may be scared. I want to help nature. I want to help the environment. I want to be able to walk through fields, blooming, blossoming fields when I grow up. And um, so it's important to convince other people, talk to other people, um, show them videos, show them podcasts, show them numbers and scientific facts and kind of wake them up. Grab their shoulders, give them a good shake and say, listen, dude, you've got to be part of this positive change. Because at the end of the day, when I sit in my garden and I and now especially that spring is among us and there are new little buds on every tree and the grass is green and fresh. Just shut your eyes and imagine this. The grass is green and fresh and there are small little flowers, white flowers everywhere with like some pinkish tips and the sun is shining, breaking through the clouds. You can feel like this, the warm sun on your face, some cooling, freshing gust of winds and then it starts raining clear heavy drops fall from every green leaf and everything just looks perfect now when the sun shines again flowers open they blossom there there are reds and greens and purple and some yellow flowers and some butterflies maybe even you hear birds chirping and and it's just perfect like how nature, after every slumber, after winter, after after every tree loses like its leaves, it just comes back and new buds grow and it all lives again. And nature itself is so alive. And there's no way ever that you can get the same feeling, the same health from being in a city where nothing grows, where there's just concrete, where all the materials around you are artificial. Nothing is alive there. Nothing there can really give you anything. Nothing there can give you air or this feeling or feeling of being healthier. I think most people, if they said, okay, 
they had like a last wish and someone would say okay either i can put you in a huge penthouse on the i don't know what floor and you can sit on a gold bed and watch tv on a huge i don't know what inch flat screen tv and be served your tea by a robot <laughs> this is now a little extreme but i'm making a point here or you can lie in a hammock in a huge garden with trees surrounding you birds chirping flying around maybe even a deer dashing through the scenery and then the sun slowly goes down and the sky changes into incredible pinks and oranges and shades and you maybe smell the ocean the salty air nearby and there are flowers under your hammock and everything lives and breathes and gives you a sense of life and health and happiness and i hope you really envisioned this i think most people would pick the second scenario and if most people would say they would pick the first one this would be very concerning and the end of this is just we need to break our habits and be open and receptive to a huge radical change because what really matters in life is what it boils down to is people and health nature happiness to live life fully with sunshine and intact ecosystems renewable energies and getting back to nature reconnection of humans and nature that is what it is there was a time for economic boom and whatever but right now it's not what we can focus on anymore when we realize um how bad the general situation really is there's always hope and the good thing is we can do so much we just have to all collectively work together i'm finally releasing you thank you so much for listening if you like share it with friends family as i said before open up conversations feel free to dm me if you have questions if you feel the same if you want to share your thoughts sorrows ideas whatever feel free to dm me on my instagram at thrive underscore by nature and share your thoughts because i would be very interested now thank you for listening i hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you for giving me some of your time